a big bowl of sauerkraut every single morning. It was driving me crazy. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. I am Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. And what we do here is I'm hosting tonight. These two are going to try to get from one page on Wikipedia to another by only clicking links within the pages. Um, This time, I am so sorry. Uh, This time, you guys are going to be starting on the page K-pop. Yep. And you're going to be getting to the page for French onion dip. And I hope this doesn't (laughs) blow up on me. So, before you go to K-pop, though, before you look at oh, it Oh, before, too much, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I have the quiz. I have a quiz, so. Of course. Uh, the reason I'm doing this is the other day <laughs> I made a tweet. <laughs> I, re- I, I realized was, I was like, li- just listen to some, some K-pop. Mm-hmm. I won't say a specific fan name. Um, but I was like, man, K-pop's so good. I'm I'm so glad I found K-pop. <laughs> and then I went to make a tweet. And the tweet I was going to say is, K-pop is the best thing that happened to me in 2018. Amazing. And I started uh, to write that tweet. And then I... Good. Back, back, back. your child. Back, 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 back. <laughs> Next to my son, <laughs> K-pop. <laughs> Next to my son, K-pop was the best thing that happened to me in 2018. Oh, that was such a near miss, guy. Yeah, I got way into it. It's it's rocking a good time. I mean, he really likes it too, so it's something that we can share together. Aww. Uh, so this quiz you're going to be doing. Let's do it. I have sets of three. Hmm. I have three names. Three three possible names of the top twenty K-pop <laughs> bands of 2018. <laughs> okay. One of them is one is a real name. Uh-huh. The other two are not. Mm. You have to tell me which one you think is the real one. All right. And since there's three uh, choices, I think instead of doing like the type it in thing, I think it's just going to be like you guys just say it because yeah. like it's not just it's not like a fifty fifty thing. It's like a thirty thirty a thirty three point three thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We're gonna start easy. Maybe. I, do either of you? Are you? I do. I know nothing. Okay. About K-pop. Maybe. I only. I only know what you have shared about the extended universe of uh, of that one K-pop that one, band. That one K-pop band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll start. We'll start relatively easy. All right. Here's here's one. Girls' Generation, Generation Girls, oh. or Generate Girls. Whoa, whoa. One uh, of these. Excuse me. Isn't one of those like a Photoshop option? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird it's brush, algorithm. but they yeah. but it's in there. It's weird that it's a, a a default one too. Oh, I guess I I'm gonna say Generation Girls. I'm gonna say Girls Generation. Tim's got it. It's Girls no. Generation. It sounded just oh, a little more K-poppy. Yeah, I'll, I'll post these into the into our shared chat so you have them to to reference. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> the next one is <laughs> Blue Green, Black Pink. Oh. Or black white. Uh, black pink. Black white. It's black pink. Oh, yes! that just felt right. 
Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I would listen to Blackpink. <laughs> I'm pulling up the page right now. Oh, I'm I'm pulling up the page so that I have it so that if you guys have questions about these art artists, I do not. I have them at. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> good, sorry, good, good. Scott. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm no. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, here we go. Uh, once, twice, or thrice. <laughs> 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 I'm so sad that it wasn't a lady at the end mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> uh, um, Tim, you go first this time. I'm going to go with thrice. I'm going to go with once. It's twice. Oh! No! And that's my favorite K-pop band. Oh, I listen no! to them all the time. I'm surprised. Yeah. I think her, <laughs> I think for some reason their fans are called oncers. Good. Well, did um, they start off as once? I don't think oh, so. And then the they broke up and then they came back as twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, they were like one the of those reunion. groups that like got formed from like a t- television competition or something. I don't know. Mm. So. All right. Next set. Wanna one? Go wanna go or wanta? Uh, mm. Wanna one? Tim, wanna Tim, go, go ahead. or wanta? One on one. I'm gonna say one to go. It's one on one. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Good job. Uh, ten. I would, like, I would, I would imagine one. that Wanta would be pronounced like Fanta, so it'd be like right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That's why I thought it wasn't that. <sighs> All right, <laughs> strap in. Let's do it. Hit us. Moo moo mamas. Great. <laughs> Malibu mama. <laughs> or Mama Moo. <laughs> One of these is a uh, real K-pop band. <laughs> Mama Moo, final answer. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm blocking Moo. that in. I'm going with Moo Moo Mamas. Moo Moo Mamas. Yeah. It's Mama Moo. Uh, yes. yeah, you're tied for two. I knew, I knew my heart could not lead me astray on that one. <laughs> I wanted that to be the real the real one and I wished it into existence. I wanted I wanted Moo Mamas because um I just wanted them to have a story of like they really liked Moo Meadows <laughs> and <laughs> Mario Kart. Oh, Alright. Loser, finisher, or winner? Mm. Tim, go ahead. Now the audience is not seeing this, of course. You were posting these names for us to reference. Yes. Sometimes they're in all caps, and sometimes they're not. When they are yep. in all caps, is that the way that it that's is intended? Significant. Yes, that's it's like significant. that's how they that's how they write. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with loser. Uh, right. I'm gonna say winner then. It is winner. Oh, yes. winner is the that one. makes me the winner. Almost. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have three more. Oh what? my god! How many are there? Is this the entire well, night? I didn't. I didn't do all twenty. These were really fun to do, if you I can should, imagine. I imagine. All right. Uh, well, it makes me the temporary winner. Then we got bang bang, big bang, or boomerang. Yeah. Oh, this is these are the best improv games that I could ask for. Like all three of these names are such good improv games. Mm, that's true. I gotta go with boomerang. I yeah, I think it's Big Bang. It is Big Bang. Yes. Right. In order to in order to tie it up, Tim, you got to get these last two. I got to win out secretly. Secretly, I am really into K-pop and just don't. Maybe I do it subconsciously. Well, make, you're not we'll into make K-pop. You're into K-pop titles. 
Yeah, that's it. Man names. <laughs> we'll make the rule that Tim Tim goes. Tim, do you want to go first or second? First. I say he goes first, and yeah, then first. you just can't pick what he picks. Just Correct. So, yeah. Just so there's a little bit of an edge. Yeah. All right. B T O B, B T S or P T S D. I know this one. <laughs> I think it's B T S. Maybe right, not because so he's B- laughing. It is B T S. Oh, I know this one. Can I tell you why I know it? Why? Yeah. I, I know uh, because, why you know it. <laughs> Go ahead. Because uh, for a while, when uh, Stevens' students, uh, he's, he's a teacher, for uh, is his students were really into BTS, and mm-hmm. it was his favorite game to not to pretend, pretend to not know, know what they are. Yeah, what it like was every time, and <laughs> he would say, "I'm uh, an old." He would ask if it what it meant. What it he was like? Oh, it's back to yeah. I'm excited about back to school too. That's great. Uh, and the kids would just look at him, and it's it is it is his favorite game. Uh, just to just to you know pretend not to know what the kids are talking about. It's very good. That is good. Um, but anyway, yes, you're right, Tim. <laughs> you are right, Tim. Actually, this is a trick one. Oh. BTOB is also <laughs> the top. Oh my gosh. Game. Yep. Uh, All right. Here's the final one. Red velvet, chocolate strawberry, buttercream. (laughs) Oh, it sounds delicious. Yeah. All of them sound good. Um, One of these is a K-pop band. Buttercream. I'm going to say red velvet. It is red velvet. Kyle takes it. Red velvet sounded too much like a band. <laughs> I'm apparently true. a K-pop connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, you've got a knack K-pop for it. You should just like name K-pop band. Apparently, yeah, uh, that is going to be. I'm putting that on my Twitter bio right now. Well, thank you for indulging me because that was a very fun, very no, fun that, quiz. Thank you for giving for that me, to us. That was amazing to, for me to yeah. make. <laughs> um, well, we're on K-pop. Yeah, we are Korean pop. Uh, abbreviated. Look how huge this. K- pages what the heck most of it's like citations though there's just a lot there's over 397 well not over there are 397 references on this page Uh, Uh, where are we heading again we are trying to get to french onion dip okay for some reason i was thinking (laughs) i could i was thinking pudding cup (laughs) and i'm like that's not right i mean we could call an audible have we been to pudding cup before (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm sure we've been to pudding. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure we've been to pudding. Um, all right. French onion dip. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. I can just feel it. I mean, in terms uh, in terms of the way I want to take my French onions. Yeah, I prefer the dip to the soup. Do you? Yes. Yeah. 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 Me too. The soup is a mess. Oh, whoa! (laughs) Calling it out. I mean. It's it's intentional, but come on. It just not oh, be a messy boy. I see someone get it and it's just like oozing out over the bowl. And Do you not know how to eat soup? I mean, not French that... onion soup. I don't know how to eat French <laughs> onion soup. I don't like soup. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> next next question. <laughs> <laughs> how are we friends? No, I know. Uh, I know. So, like it seems like soup is a thing that you either really like or you don't like. Yeah, I, I really like soup. I actually I like today. St- I like a stew. 
Oh, that's a good or call. A I like I like tomato soup, but I guess it um, also means I just like hot ketchup. <laughs> yeah. Today I had lunch at one of my favorite um, restaurants, basically just all together, and um, I had I I got like a, a chicken uh, like a chicken club sandwich was very good, but they also had this uh, a split pea and ham soup. And it was like I, I I could smell it. It just smelled so good. And I was like, I have got to try that. And it was amazing. It was almost as good as the sandwich. And the, it was such a good sandwich. Um. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're at K-pop. Uh, it is a genre of music characterized by a wide variety of audiovisual elements, which is just, I mean, that's just everything. Yeah. Like, what else? Mm-hmm. I. I could they just I, I I don't know how they could delineate it any more than that though. Like how would you it's just pop music that comes from Korea? Like that's could they just have said that? Huh. Um while the modern form of K-pop can be traced back to the early nineties, the term itself, hmm. according to Wikipedia, has been popularized since the two thousand, replacing the term uh this is possibly offensive i'm gonna guess not because it's on wikipedia so far but uh term gaio which refers to the domestic pop music in south korea um so it says that it's uh it's sort of a term that describes a narrower sense of modern modern korean south korean pop music influenced by styles and genres from around the world such as and this is just you know a list that it gives experimental jazz gospel Hip-hop, R&B, reggae, electronic dance, folk, country, and classical, on top of traditional Korean music. I mean, that's just, again, music. That, that's all music. That, that's what music is. Um, <laughs> so, I'm interested with... Okay. Modern... Oh, hey, you know what? I know I can almost guarantee we will be able to skip in this one. Is that it was not developed in ancient Rome. Yeah. Finally, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you, Sky, for giving that. That was a gift for me. Yes. It doesn't go uh, back. Singing. <laughs> singing popular uh, songs goes back. Uh, modern K-pop idol culture began with the boy band H.O.T. And I, I'm only saying it like that because it's in all caps and has periods after each of the letters. Yeah. So this is a full-on acronym. Uh, not just a, um, not just an abbreviation. Uh, in 1996, as K-pop grew into a subculture that amassed enormous fandoms of teenagers and young adults. Do we just call a group of teenagers a fandom now? Is that, is that a thing? Do we do that? Uh, Hmm. enormous fandoms of teenagers. Yeah. Like that's like they're a flock essentially. Yes. A flock, uh, a fandom of teenagers. Yeah. Um, it says that online social networking has played a big part in this too, um, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. It's all about like being standing for your favorite band, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, th- um, like I said, like twice, like groupies are called like onces. I think they all have they all have those. I was gonna ask, is that like a very do you as someone BTS. who enjoys the style, do you see that a lot? Uh, what are BTS fans called? They're back oh, to school, the army. They're called oh. the army. Okay. Thanks. Hold um, on a sec. Um, so okay. 
uh, I, I host Trivia Nights. And yes, last, very good. We we applaud you. I mean, just so oh, the this, audience uh, knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> uh, one of the questions last Thursday was about um, what name is given to Ed Sheeran fans. Okay, let's and it's see. and it's based off of a General Mills cereal. Uh, uh Krispies. No. Ed, Ed uh I want to say like Ed Flake Frost Ed Flakes or something like that. I I know that's probably not right, but Cheerios. Cheerios. Nope. Yep. I'm just like, okay. <sighs> Moving <Well>. on. <laughs> wow, the fan club for Red Velvet? Yeah. It's called Re- Revel Revelve R E V E L U V and Mr. Revelvedeer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's supposed to be it has a dual meaning because it sounds like the combination of the words red velvet and love, but it also sounds like level up when pronounced in Korean. Oh wow. Oh, goodness. Oh. Wow. I appreciate the joke. That's good. Um Okay, uh, one thing that's really interesting, one of the things that I know the most about K-pop, and that's not to say much of it at all, is uh, that there's a lot of fashion involved in it. And uh, really, really what I know is that, like, uh, there are several other podcasters that I listen to uh, for, like, real play, um, D&D type things, Uh uh, where they base the looks for their particular characters off of uh, K-pop uh, idols that they oh, right. that they really that they really appreciate, um, and often when they describe they're describing what their characters are wearing, they're like, "Oh, it's just what they what this person wore." Here, I'll, I'll you know we'll link in the as mentioned. I was like, "Oh, well, this is more than I expected." Yeah, but uh, their looks are incredible. I yeah, mean, it's kind of all over the place. Oh, it's it's just like there are some that are just very. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it except to say like. They're very well thought out. Let's let's say. Yeah. Almost like, like there's a lot of of planning. Sorry, go on. No, that's fine. Almost like they're like researched or something. Maybe you yeah. know, possibly. Uh, well, they 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 actually talk about it in here a little bit. Um, in terms of this, uh, Sky, you may be able to help me with the pronunciation a little bit. That uh, the uh, Seo Taji and the boys. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh it says that they incorporated some rap and hip hop into their music and that kind of uh that kind of revolutionized that the music scene at the time but that also included uh a lot of their uh their fashion styles which according to them included streetwear such as oversized t-shirts and sweaters, windbreakers, overalls worn with one strap, overalls worn with one pant leg rolled up and American sports teams jerseys and things like that and just you know, they're incorporating other parts of fashion into it as well. And this was back in the 90s, which would have been peak time for that. Wow. They they were on that trend. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, in saying that, uh, like, other acts followed that kind of style and then also began building out other, uh, you know, like, looking for their own, each, each band kind of looking for their own style. Um, and actually almost having a costume, it sounds like. 
Uh, SES debuted in 1997 with I'm Your Girl and Baby Box's 1998 debut, Yeah, 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 uh, featured the girls dressed in white outfits. Uh, and then in one of in Finn KL's shows, Idols in Girl, Idols in Girl Costumes Pink School, and in particular, one and end of Chakra. Oh, in <clears throat> excuse me, uh, into an African style costumes. Interesting. So um, yeah, like they're they're looking to pull different looks uh, on top of you know having a musical talent, which is pretty cool. Um, Well, you know, I mean, Hmm. in, in the U S we have, we do have, I mean, there are definitely those who are out there to make a statement. Sure. But like, I feel like a lot of K-pop idols are constantly making a statement rather than just like every once in a while, let's say. Yeah. Uh, I was looking under use of English phrases it says, because um, the songs use a lot of English, um, uh, just like they throw English phrases in there oh, uh, interesting. pretty often. But it says that that does not guarantee the popularity of K-pop in the North American market. Uh, mm. And some believe that this can be because it seems like a distilled version of Western music or that Western audiences see, you know, it says here that Western audiences tend to place emphasis on authenticity and individual expression in music which the idol okay. system can be seen as suppressing. It's like, yeah, sure. Like if you think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think Beyonce's like, I mean, she's pretty great. Don't lie. I shouldn't have been not Beyonce. Who's, I don't know. Britney Spears. <laughs> she's master friend. Like authentic. And I, I guess, but it's like, it's all kind of marketing there a bit. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, but um, speaking of English, sorry, uh, before I go, a lot of them mm-hmm. also are like, they might be, you know, from South Korea originally, but they like went and studied in, in America or something, or they're actually from America and, and came came to Korea to like start a, uh, to, to like be in a K-pop band. Um, okay. And uh, what's great is, I'll link you to this video. Um, this video is called Wendy Red Velvet Speak English with Korean Accent. Um, I think the title is just typo. I don't think it's trying to be like offensive. Sure. Wendy from Red Velvet, she was born in, in South Korea, but she went to school in, I think, Ontario, somewhere in Canada for like most of her young life. So okay. she speaks like fluent English with like, right. like, in, like a, a Canadian accent. And there's this great clip of her like trying to say these like answering these these questions on a on a uh, Korean game show, and the guy can't understand her because she's using like because she's she has a Canadian accent, so she has to like try to try to have like <laughs> try to say the things like a, a Korean would, and it's very good. Oh she gets goodness. very frustrated. That's hilarious. Uh. Well, along the lines of uh, the K-pop in the U.S., I, I found this section here talking about the arrival of <clears throat> the arrival of Western culture and, and where it's talking through the history of it in the 1940s and through the 60s. Are, okay, according to this, uh, when Beatlemania reached the shores of Korea, the first local rock bands appeared, uh, which the first of which is said to be Ad Four, a band founded in 1962. That's cited, so that is what it is. 
Um, and then it says some Korean singers gained international popularity. So this isn't new, according to Wikipedia, uh, to the U.S. especially. Uh, in 1959, the Kim sisters went to Las Vegas and became the first Korean artist to release an album in the U.S. pop market. The cover of Charlie Brown, um, sung by the Kim sisters, reached number seven on the Billboard single chart. Wow. That's, That's really wild. Surprising. Yeah. I actually went looking for uh, for music by the Kim sisters, and I found some. And they're covering in this uh, Going Out of My Head. And I don't remember who did the uh, the original of that, but it's amazing. This is really interesting. Uh, it says they're guessing that the video was probably taken somewhere sometime in the late sixties. So like 67 or so they're, they're guessing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember but this song. They sound good. <laughs> this is really interesting, but yeah, like who knew that's really cool. Um, it says, uh, the Kim sisters appeared 25 times on the Ed Sullivan show. Wow. Which was more than other American stars like Patty Page and Louis Armstrong who only appeared, well only comparatively, Appeared 18 times each. That's wild. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but well done, the Kim sisters. Dang. There's some beefy roots. Going on in my right. head was originally sung by Little Anthony and the Imperials. Thank you. Oh, okay. So I have to get to what again? <laughs> oh, onion, uh, onion soup? French onion soup? No, no, Dip. no. Dip. Not, Dip. not the soup. Not Got the it. Soup. Forget so, soup. Sometimes we'll get <laughs> chunky, like... Campbell soup yeah like chunky beef and vegetable or something yeah and be like i'll heat it up and i'll look at it I'll be like ain't chunky enough i'll stick i'll stick like bread in there so you'll add just, extra chunk yeah i'll add <laughs> i'll add bread to sop up some of that wet and i'm just like I just want... wow whoa <laughs> this is getting weird fast i'm gonna get a second so basically <laughs> you just want a moist pile of meat and bread Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, what you're saying is that you're actually looking for a pot pie. That's oh, what maybe yeah. one. There you go. That's what you're. That's what you actually I'm not want. A huge fan of the crust on pot pies. Well, anyway, you're halfway there. Anyway. Yeah. It's time. Okay, it's time so, to go. So, like, there's a lot of band names here that are linked. Yeah, uh, I'm not clicking any of those. A lot of locations. Uh, one of the one of the only food related things I could find. Um, appeal and fan base. Not all K-pop bands are young females, although most are. That's cited? That's weird. Uh, in, tw- in 2012, New York Magazine interviewed male, ah, male adult girls' generation fans who admitted to liking the group for its members' looks and personalities, citing the members' humility and friendliness toward the fans. Okay, well, okay, maybe. Not weird <laughs> not, at all. Not as weird as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it could be a lot weirder. I'll give them that. <laughs> anyway, one of the things you can do to... Um, uh, fan clubs sometimes participate in charity events to support their idols, purchasing bags of fan rice in order to su- show support. The rice bags are donated to those in need. That's cited. That's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um, fan, rice. fan rice. So, yeah. So, fan rice is linked, and that's a food, and I'm going to click that. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, Tim. So, I was looking in the influence of K-pop bands in North America. Um, one thing I wanted to note before uh, going to my choice is in 2012, which feels like a long, long time ago now, mm-hmm. that was around when Psy was doing his Gangnam Style. Oh, yeah. And on November 13th, the American singer-songwriter Madonna 
and backup dancers performed Gangnam Style alongside Psy during a concert at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Of course she did. Psy later told reporters that his gig with Madonna had, quote, topped his list of accomplishments, unquote. Good. I mean, Good for him. Um, what I'm yes. going and to her. is, in 2010, SM Entertainment held the SM Town Live 10 World Tour with dates in Los Angeles, Paris, Tokyo, and New York. The same year, during the 8th Annual Korean Music Festival, K-pop artists made their first appearances at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, So I'm clicking okay. on Hollywood Bowl. It's one of many bowls. Okay. And Tim, you know they don't... It's That's not like a food I bowl. See. Like, you don't, put, well, no. you don't put things in the Hollywood no. Bowl. No, and actually, I what I was thinking was that it was a football... Um, yeah, I was thinking no. that's what it was, too. And <laughs> so that, no, you know, it's not. And is also not that, so I am I am in a place. Well, I'm also in a place because on the fan race page, uh it's a very small page, which I was expecting. Yeah. Um what I wasn't expecting for them to not have any links to the word race, even though it's mentioned like five times on this page. Uh fan race, usually stacks of rice bags donated with ribbons and photos are gifts from K pop fans to their favorite artists. The amount of donated rice can vary between a few kilograms and several tons. Rice is usually donated to the uh, to charity of the idol's choice. Do we not do this in the U.S.? This is a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, and I like how this picture suggests that like each one has their own stack, like each member of the band. Yeah. And so well, it's like I, I love Tao Tao here more than yeah. Chrisol. So my, that's why he has five is, bags. I'll bet they do like um, I'll bet they do like events around it. Like it's yeah. not just like all the time. Uh, it says here though. Check this out. The first instance of fan-donated rice uh, was for Shin Hee-sung's uh, concert 11 August 2007. Um, in previous years, it was common for rice club, uh, fan clubs to donate, create displays of flowers and decorative banners for their favorite idols. However, uh, the trend started in late 2000s when fans began to send food to their favorite music artists, and it took off in 2011. Today, there are, there are entire businesses dedicated to the donation of fan rice in South Korea. Can wow. we like pick this up? This is a great idea. Fan burgers. I, I mean, if it would help bring food to people, like I'm into this. Yeah. If we can I I like you can use your celebrity for, for a good cause, like specifically, like, yeah, don't send me stuff, please. If you if you love me, send food to hungry people. That's awesome. Sorry. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um on the other hand, no food mentioned anywhere on this page that's yeah, linked. You don't have a lot I'm, of links. I'm really surprised. Uh, among my links uh, are K-pop fans, which no. Um, I suppose maybe maybe they talk about. Oh wait, just okay. As I'm mousing over this, mm -hmm. the K-pop fans li just links back to the page that we were just on. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, fans of K-pop, same link. Um. And then we've got a couple bands, essentially. Uh, there's the aforementioned uh, Shin Hee Sung. There is 2 p.m., where fans of different countries donate 28 tons of rice. What the? Wow. Um, that's amazing. Uh, and then Rain. Uh, there's fans of TVXQ's You Know, You Know. Is That's a sure. pun, right? I guess so. The, it says, you know, capital U-K-N-O-W. And then the... Yeah, that's his stage the name, name is You Know You Know. 
is Y-U-N-H-O, which sounds like it would be pronounced the same way. That's pretty funny. Um, I appreciate that. Um, you know what? I'm going to click the 2 p.m. one, though, because they set the record. So maybe they talk about it and maybe they link rice. Maybe. I'm just trying to get to food. Okay, you're on 2 p.m. 2 p.m. South Korean mm. boy band. Why is this page so huge? Wow. Uh, I'll be like, oh, I wonder, like, I'll be, I'll be like watching like a YouTube, like a music video on YouTube and be like, oh, this has like 5 million like views. I'm like, oh, this yeah. This is amazing. Sorry, go on. Asia's huge. <laughs> it's lots of It's people. enormous. <laughs> um, the Hollywood Bowl. It's an Hollywood amphitheater. Hollywood Bowl is an amphitheater in the Hollywood Hills. Named one of the 10 best live music venues in America by Rolling Stone magazine in 2018. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Bowl is known for its band shell, a distinctive set of concentric arches that graced the site from 1929 through 2003, before being replaced with a larger one beginning in the 2004 season. The shell is set against the backdrop of the Hollywood Hills (laughs) and the famous Hollywood sign. The bowl refers to the shape of the concave hillside the amphitheater is carved into. The bowl is owned by the county of Los Angeles. <laughs> this Great. is very matter of fact. And is the home of the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra. The summer I mean, I home so. of the LA Philharmonic and host of hundreds of musical events each year. There is something amazing on this page. Did you see it, Tim? Um, there is a photograph. Two women performing on a barn door. Yes. In the first what? known musical event at the Hollywood Bowl. Circa 1920. According to an article in the San Diego Union newspaper, June 19, 1941, the woman at the piano was Carrie Jacobs Bond, one of the originators of the Theater Arts Alliance and a resident of nearby Hollywood Heights. She was assisting in testing the acoustics. The barn door was placed approximately where the band shell was built. They really love that shell. Wow. So wild. This is an incredible photo. Yeah. Hmm. There's out uh, on for the listener, there is a yeah, what appears to be a barn door laid on its side on the on the ground, and a baby grand piano just sat atop, on top of it like it's no big thing, uh, at which is seated a woman in a full dress and like wide brimmed hat, and uh, next to the piano stands another woman in a what I can only guess is a full like fur coat is that what that look that looks looks like like fur yeah yeah uh and all around them are is just the california hillside like wow no audience from what you can see no nothing it doesn't even look okay no i can see there are there are actual like like wheel marks in the ground so there's evidence there's evidence of people having been there otherwise how you gonna get that barn door there (laughs) <laughs> clearly of course you bring it no of course he... <laughs> uh, oh my goodness that's that's just wonderful so just about every act ever imagined has yeah. performed at the hollywood bowl and mm. they are listed on this page money python um june 2014 barry gibb closing show of his first ever solo tour man he lasts a long time Prince in 1997, um, Weird Al on July 22nd and 23rd, 2016, 
um, earlier that month was Garrison Keillor recorded his final episode of, of Prairie Home Companion. Okay. Great. Ed Sheeran and his Cheerios yep. 2015. There. Great. Chance um, rapper. In July 19th, 2019, Hugh Jackman will perform he during will his perform. The Man, The Music, The Show tour. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just hilarious. love the way that this had to be um, like written. So it's The Man, period. The Music, period. The Show, <laughs> period. Tour, period. Oh, incredible. It's so good. So I'm thinking of two. There's there's really not a good route to go here right now. So yeah, I'm thinking of, of two. Music. Yeah. Um, Weird Al could get okay. me closer to French Onion Dip because he's Weird Al. Yeah. I'm also maybe thinking of Placido Domingo. I don't know who that he is. He seemed like he's so, an opera singer. Oh. He might seem like someone who likes French Onion Dip. You know those opera singers and their French onion dip. So do you want like so I'm I'm stuck between opera and Weird Al. Wow, those aren't as far they don't those aren't as far apart as you might think. I'm sure. Maybe not. I'm gonna click on Weird Al. Okay. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Tim, I haven't it, taken us to Weird Al before. Right. I feel like we've done it once. We might have run across him, but I mean, like, have him as like a final. That's true. Yes. Um, <laughs> how great. many roads lead to Weird Al? 2PM. Um, 2PM is a South Korean uh, boy band uh, formed by JYP Entertainment, uh, which means they are handpicked for the uh, you know top level of boy band appropriateness, I suppose. Current yes. members are Jun K, uh, formerly known as Junsu, uh, Nikun, uh, Taekyun is what that seems to sound like. Sure. Oh, you don't know this band? Okay, I don't. I don't know this band, and I don't know Korean. Well, I figured you might you might have overheard these names since they seem to be very popular. Uh, Woo Young, uh, Junho, and um, and Chan Chan Sung. I'm going to go with this. Uh, former leader Jay Park officially left the band in 2010. Ah, oh, dang it! That's the name I could actually say. I'm, I apologize to all of them. Um, here's the thing: I want to give these guys props for the names of their albums. They're very good. <laughs> So, uh, so they debuted, um, da, 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 they, yeah, their, uh, first one, um, let's see, uh, their mini album, the first mini album was 10 out of 10. And then following that, the hottest time of the day, which I both solid album names following that, uh, 2 PM time for change. Great. Um, and then I want to go, I, I want to mention this one it my favorite one uh sky i don't can you guess which one is my favorite of the album titles yeah yes not out of those in particular but they mentioned several more here uh is it republic of 2 p.m no although that's also very good um dis- uh they they released their first uh studio album in 2009 uh it was called 159 p.m yes the first album <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. That's great. It's that really good. good writing, and it's probably not on the as on the nose if you don't speak English. Oh, that's um, probably true too. Yeah, that's one thing you gotta uh, consider because it feels like very, very corny. 
and then in the in oh yeah I, I, just just incidentally like i'm not i'm not calling these corny these are amazing they're it's very they're clever in the way that they're just they're they are what they say they are okay I'm but also them. like I'm them, go ahead. oh well i mean all right well that's fair uh, because their fourth EP is called Still 2 p.m. <laughs> oh God, why? It's still t- it's still 2 p.m. There's something wrong with the world. It's still 2 p.m. <laughs> um, they also have Grown and Go Crazy, and then one of their most recent ones uh, is called uh, Oh, they're on hiatus right now. But one of their most recent ones uh, from 2015. It's called Gentleman's Game. Game. Very Mm. good. Isn't that solid? That's solid. That is solid. It also doesn't really fit. (laughs) I mean, I guess they, I guess. Oh, but it does. They had grown. Yeah. And and because their their image is more about, according to this, uh, they're like, they're trying to be more kind of tough and macho rather than uh, being like pretty. Uh-huh. And so, like this, they're trying to refine themselves as gentlemen by this point in their careers. Nice. I think that that's brilliant in its way. There's a there's a thing about the the male K-pop, um, the boy bands. Uh, yeah. Where in South Korea, it's like I think I don't know if it's a lottery or if it's mandatory for everyone at a certain age to work in the army. Mm-hmm. like i think once they turn 18 maybe i don't know i don't know I, the details i think that's yeah but there's just this period through that every boy band goes through where like their members just start slowly like leaving and like or just like being like well we'll see you when i'm back from the army and yeah so it's a very like you know i think a lot of the fans like especially like girls are like oh you know <laughs> like it's like a <laughs> it's almost like a like a macho sort of thing that they go through it's very weird well and it adds a layer of drama to exactly the, the band as it ages too and some dra- like and I, yeah i think it's a reminder of like our boys are growing up like oh, that's interesting I, yeah sky you you may be converting me to here i i'm kind of into this <laughs> um okay anyway uh the, here's the deal i thought that um they might talk about their fan race no no of course they don't uh but here's the interesting part they talk about their endorsements and i was like score uh but here's the problem with that is all of their endorsements with the exception of like one or two are for clothes and thailand ah too bad i thought you were gonna say lipton you'd be all set (laughs) yeah um they do talk a little bit about uh they do have a couple food-based uh endorsements and i want to talk about this quick uh november 2009 saw multiple new endorsements for the group first of which being a commercial and print campaign for market o's real brownie pastries which if you have to put the word real in front of the brownie you're already losing (laughs) (laughs) um shortly thereafter the group endorsed the samsung corby mobile phone oh they had another thing here um oh here we are 2pm is also currently endorsing the uh paris croissant uh food company's paris baguette bakery franchise for which the group recorded a special Christmas song and are featured in a series of commercials with popular Korean actress uh, Kim Tae-hee. Um, that's the only other food-based thing here. Uh, I think I may have to click Paris Croissant Food Company. <laughs> I think no. you do. It's French. It's too bad uh, I yeah, Coca-Cola. It, 
Yeah. It, it is both French and food, so... Oh, it's a bakery great. chain Good. based in South Korea. Oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, go Tim, ahead. Tim, we are ahead, Al Tim. Yankovic. Yep. Alfred Matthew Yankovic. Alfred Matthew what? Yankovic, yep. American songwriter, record producer, satirist, film producer, and author. Known for his humorous songs that make light of popular culture and often parody specific songs by contemporary musical acts. Original songs specific ones. that are style pastiches of the work of other acts, pastiches linked. <laughs> and polka medleys of several popular songs featured his featuring his favorite uh, featuring his favored instrument the accordion it sold more can than I, 12 million albums can um, you what can can i point out that he says that 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 description describes that as uh parodies of specific songs then correct yes if you can't tell what song a song is parodying it it uh, parodying is it parodying it like is or is that just i mean if it isn't a specific song you're like oh no i just liked like three or four of these songs and i thought i'd make fun of all of them is that not just making a song he does do that with polka melodies um that is a separate thing i don't know i get get what they're saying though because like i guess yeah, I get, I get, I get what you're saying though too. Because like, yeah, you're parodying a specific song. Like, of course you are. Like, what else are you gonna parody? Yeah, you're, that's just a parody. I guess yeah, as that's opposed what that to like is. a genre, right? Mm, maybe. Okay. I'm. I can work with you on that. Yes. I don't. I don't know. Or maybe they're trying to say like he parodies them by like a lot of his songs are like almost like have the same sort of rhyme schemes. You know, like are just like slightly off. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Do you, you probably remember this, Tim, when I was a very young boy and I got my first CD player. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember this. And all I wanted, I was like the only music that I ever wanted was like the funny man that makes the funny, the funny songs. Yeah, <laughs> he's a funny guy. Yeah. Alapalooza was my first album. I just oh. played the heck out of it. Sky, that is so perfect. I didn't understand that. Happy. At, at the time, I didn't know they were like parodies. I thought they were just funny songs. Do you uh, do you still remember the lyrics to Albuquerque? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Not a beat missed. I can sing the whole all twelve minutes of it probably. I feel like you have to sing some of it now. Uh, <laughs> uh, way back when I was a little bitty boy, living in a box under the stairs in the corner of a basement, half a block down the street from Jerry's Bait Shop. You know the place. Anyway, life was going swell and everything was just peachy, except for the undeniable fact that every single morning, my mother would make me a big old bowl of sauerkraut for breakfast. <laughs> a big bowl of sauerkraut every single morning. Oh it was driving me crazy. So I said to my mom, I said, hey, mom, what's up with all the sauerkraut? And my dear sweet mother, she looked at me like a cow looks at an oncoming train and she leaned right down next to me and she said, it's good for you <laughs> and she tied me to the wall and she stuck a funnel in my mouth and she forced fed me nothing but sauerkraut until i was 26 and a half years old amazing that's when i swore that someday someday i would get out of that basement and i travel to a magical faraway land where the sun is always shining and the air smells like warm root beer and the towels are so fluffy and the striders and the leopards and the you the striders and the leopards play their ukuleles all day long and anyone on the street will gladly shave your back for a nickel what waka waka doo doo <laughs> yeah Tim, is he right? Is this... He is absolutely right. <laughs> Sky, I'm so proud of you. This is great. Yeah. And that's like maybe one fifth of the entire song. Anyway, I, I didn't I, have I, to I wait long because for like next 10 day, minutes. My dream came true. Oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, this is. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, under recurring themes. Contest. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, under recurring themes, Yankovic also asked his celebrity guests if they could shave his back for a nickel. This also appears in the song Albuquerque. What? Um, Yankovic has yep. also put two backmasking messages into his songs. The first in Nature Trail to Hell what? said, Satan eats cheese whiz. You know, backmasking? No. You know, it's you when, you, it's when you, you've heard of it, yeah. It's when you play a, a record, a recording backwards and it says something. Oh, that's what that is? Okay. Yes. Yeah. The intentional use of that. Correct. So if you play part of Nature Trail to Hell backwards, it says, Satan eats cheese whiz. <laughs> and the second song, I remember Larry says, "Wow, you must have an awful lot of free time on your hands." That's <laughs> incredible. That's well good. done. Uh, let's see here. Positive reactions from artists. Many parodied Great. by Yankovic have considered this as a rite of passage to show their band has made it in the music industry. Yeah, I think it's it. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson was a big fan of Yankovic. And that Yankovic also tracks. Yes. Claimed Jackson quote had always been very supportive quote unquote of his work. Jackson twice yeah, allowed him to parody his songs, Beat It and Bad became Eat It and Fat, respectively. Uh, when Jackson granted Yankovic permission to do Fat, Jackson allowed him to use the same set built for his own Badder video from the Moonwalker what? film. Yep. Wow. <clears throat> Yankovic said that Jackson's support helped him gain approval from other artists he wanted to parody. Um, Lo Jackson allowed Eat It and Fat to requested that Yankovic not record a parody of Black or White titled Snack All Night. Because he felt I the message like was too call. important. Yeah, I'm there with him on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. During that time, he came across Nirvana, leading to re- revitalization of his career with Smells Like Nirvana. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Dave Grohl and Nirvana said the band felt they had made it after Yankovic recorded Smells Like Nirvana. Um... On his Behind the Music special, Yankovic stated that when he called Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain to ask if he could parody the song, Cobain gave him permission, then paused and asked, um, it's not going to be about food, is it? Perfect. <laughs> Yankovic Very responded good. with, no, it'll be about how no one can understand your lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> According to yeah. members of Nirvana interviewed for Behind the Music, when they saw the video of the song, they laughed hysterically. Um... Uh, there's some refused parodies. I like the Paul McCarthy story. Paul McCartney, also a Yankovic fan, refused Yankovic permission. Refused Yankovic permission. I guess that makes sense to record yeah. a parody of Wings' uh, "Live and Let Die" titled "Chicken Pot Pie," because, <laughs> because according to Yankovic, McCartney is a strict vegetarian and he didn't want a parody that condoned the consumption of animal flesh. I'm into it. That's fine. Though McCartney suggested possibly changing the parody to Tofu Pot Pie. Nope. Yankovic found this one and fit around the chorus of the parody. I mean, he he's a lot of things, but that guy is Based, not a comedian. Because he makes the sound of a chicken throughout it. Jeez. Chicken Pot Pie isn't linked there, is it? Um... No, not that I can find. Animal flesh isn't. Well, I wouldn't go there. Um. <laughs> all right. So what do you got, Tim? You can you can tell why I went because there was a time yes. where a lot of his songs were about food. Right. Was um, you mean like all the time, always? Well, not not anymore. Oh, that's true. Now he does about grammar. Yeah. yeah. I play that. I play that during trivia night sometimes. <laughs> The kids love it. 
Um, I'm sure they do. I'm gonna I'm gonna click on eat it. Okay. Okay. See if it'll link to foods mentioned in that song. Uh, Tim, uh, you might want to get started on that quick because there are five sentences on this page. Okay. So, gonna be a short one. Uh, the Paris Croissant is a bakery chain in South Korea owned by the SPC Group. While relatively unknown, it operates several more popular franchises, which is a very ominous phrase. Wow. While relatively unknown, it operates several more popular franchises. Is is Wikipedia's way of saying you don't know who they own? Yeah, exactly. They're feeding you right now, and you don't know it. Oh my gosh. Um, that's great. I love that. Uh, in 1988, Paris Croissant uh, launched the Paris Baguette, a popular bakery cafe franchise in South Korea. As of 2018, the chain had over 3,000 retail stores in South Korea and 57 in the U.S., which seems a weird thing to do to come to Paris by way of South Korea. But that is also, in another way, a very American thing to do. Uh, mm. I linked you guys with a picture of the uh, shop there. It's yes. actually quite cute. Yeah. Paris, Paris Baguette. Um. Man, you don't have a lot of choices a, here, though. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, and a 2017 newspaper article described the franchise as South Korea's leading bakery franchise. Uh, and even with that just rousing endorsement, uh, there is not a single link on here to anything food-related, except... There is one. Except. Except. It's a big except. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh it also, okay, under other here, it says other franchises of Paris croissants include. Uh, these are among the other things that we don't know about, apparently. Um, Lina's and Tamati, uh, which are sandwich, which is a sandwich uh, shop. Passion 5, an upscale dessert gallery, which also a, uh, a California band, oh, like that, yeah. surf, surf rock California band. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, L'Atelier, uh, which is a cafe restaurant, and... It also handles the Korean branch of Jamba Juice. Friends uh, smoothie. Smoothie. Yeah, <laughs> so do it. Jamba, Jamba Juice. Juice. You're in the Americas now, so that that's good. <laughs> well, not really. I'm in the Korean branch of. <laughs> what? No, you're. No, in... I know it. I it's, yeah. This it's is Jamba Juice proper from it's J- Jamba Juice Prime, California. <laughs> yeah, Jamba uh, Juice well, title there, right there. Good. Glad we got that figured out. <laughs> You're welcome, Sky. Uh, Tim, eat it. The song. There's not a lot the Weird here Al either. The one that hasn't aged as poorly as fat. Yep. Good call. Yeah. Isn't as problematic. Very much. Uh, content. Under the entire paragraph of content, it just says, The song is about a parent's exasperating quest to get their picky child to eat. <laughs> That's great. That's it. That's all. That's actually, yeah, that's very true. <gasps> Sky. Oh, sorry, go on. We'll go on. Beat yeah, it. sorry. The single reached number one in Australia, and it was its highest charting U.S. single on the Billboard Hot 100 at number 12 until White and Nerdy peaked at number nine in October 2006. He won, an, wow. he won a Grammy Award in 1984 in the Best Comedy Recording category. Eat It also outranked Beat It in overall highest position on the Australian ARIA charts with its highest rank being number one, while Beat It's highest was third. There's not a lot of things here. <laughs> uh, 
No, Michael you don't Jackson, have a lot of options. Eddie Van Halen. Oh man, I lost in Jeopardy. <laughs> royalties. Um, there's not food royalties, are there? I was gonna say, is that like maybe? I'm gonna like try it because I don't have anywhere else to go. I don't oh, think boy, I don't man. think Eddie Van Halen's gonna get me closer to French onion dip. Royalty. Little payment. do you know, he is very yeah. Okay, well, is that what you're clicking then? Yep. Okay. Jamba juice. Jamba juice. Jamba. And its wholly owned subsidiary, Jamba Juice Company, overseeing American restaurant chain headquartered in Frisco, Texas, uh, as and previously headquartered in Emeryville, California. So that's so that's what you that's what you were connecting on there. It yep. came from California, but it is Texan now, which He's blue to Texas. <laughs> it's like a little tornado I, I, which i don't really understand i guess because you make the smoothie yeah you mix the smoothie that's how i always read it so it's like a tornado it's like a tornado in a blender yeah because when you get it's like different colors because when you mix all the different fruits together like it makes like a little rainbow of fruit as you <laughs> blend it wow. i don't know i've thought about this more than i thought i did <laughs> i did not expect to run into this man on this page I was. That's why I was Jimmy so Buffett? excited. Yeah. Yes. Is it? No. 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 <laughs> that I would expect him. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I'll I'll get there in a second, Sky. Okay. Um, there, according to this, there are approximately sixty-eight company-owned locations and seven hundred fifty-two franchise-operated stores in the United States, according to the sixty-five national stores. Some owned by the SPC, I suppose. So. Yeah, uh, Sky correctly uh, guessed that where I wanted to go with this, but I, before I get there, I just want to point out just just the perfect microcosm of this single sentence. Before the creation of the company, Jamba Juice was a quote senior project end quote completed by Kirk Perrin, an avid cyclist and healthy lifestyle advocate at California Polytechnic Polytechnic State University, San Luis uh, Obispo. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I just want to leave that there. That's mm. just, that's where this came from. Sounds like someone who'd love project. French onion dip. It does. Um, unfortunately it does not say that. <clears throat> um, so, uh, I don't know if you, have, if you saw this, Tim, if you, I, I know that we're all uh, to some, to varying degrees, fans of David Reese. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2000, in July 2009, uh, in promoting its new line of products, Jamba Juice was criticized for running an advertising campaign which was described as, quote, a ripoff, end quote, of the work of cartoonist David Reese. The ad campaign looked similar to Reese's Get Your War On series. Reese was informed of the Jamba Juice ads by a fan who sent in a letter. Uh, Reese stated that, uh, Sky, do you want to, do you want to read his, his response to this? Oh, um... Jamba Juice I feel like, bit my style with no credit, and it's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> bit my style? Out of the style? three of us, yeah. yeah. Out of the three of us, I feel like you're probably the one that can get into that into his voice the most, I think. Maybe. Um, what a unique yeah. man. He's, uh, yes, unique is exactly the word I would use. I am so glad that he exists and that there is a person like him in our world. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, that's all I got. That's what this page was. Yeah, okay, I've got a couple options here. So, um, 
They uh, in two thousand seven. They right now. <laughs> you have you have several par- options. I just saw. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, they partnered with Nestle, so that's one. Great. Uh, they in they include uh, began making juices blend juices blends to order with fresh ingredients. Weird phrasing, such as kale, beets, and ginger. All three of those are linked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's potato chips, vegan foods. Uh, I mean, uh, quinoa bowls. Oh, and hummus too. Ooh, mm. yeah, a lot of choices. Now I have too many. Do you though? <laughs> one one of these stands out to me. Does it? For yes. For oh oh, potato chips is what you're saying. That's yes. what you eat oh French my onion gosh. dip with. I forgot that it was French <laughs> onion dip. For, I Sky, you're on Sky. Soup. I have literally I've been doing soup this whole time. No. <laughs> Do the chips. I'm clicking potato chips. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Thank you for helping me there. I have been thinking about soup this entire time. Oh man! Well, Tim, royalty <laughs> payments. So yeah. What's so, a royalty payment? So royalty payments was written by someone who obviously had to make a thesis. <laughs> about royalties because <laughs> it is very long and it's very boring and it has nothing oh. to do with food. Oh, no. Um, let's see here. The first federal law on copyright was enacted in the U.S. Copyright Act of 1790, which made it possible to give protections to original scores and lyrics. Cool. America's most prominent contribution is jazz. And all the music <laughs> styles which preceded <laughs> and coexist with it it's variations on church music, African-American work songs, cornfield hollers, wind bands and funeral procession, blues, rag, etc. And of innovations in church music, rhythmic variations, stamping, tapping of feet, strutting, shuffling, wailing, Strut. laments, and spiritual ecstasy. Until its recent sophistication, jazz was not amenable to written form and thus not copyrightable. Due to its improvisational element and the fact that many of the creators of this form could not read or write music, it was its precursor. What minstrelsy, which came to be written yeah. in royalties paid for the use of popular music? That's messed up. Mm-hmm. So the rise of the American music industry in terms of copyrights was based off of minstrel music. Turns out it was racism all along. I mean, that is one of the things that we keep coming back to. Um, Stephen Foster was a preeminent songwriter in the United States at the time. Songs such as Oh Susanna, Camp Town Races, My Old Kentucky Home, Beautiful Dreamer, mm-hmm. and Swanee River remain popular years after their composition and have worldwide appreciation. And he wow. also composed songs for Christie's Minstrels, one of the prominent nope. minstrel groups of that time. Great. So yeah, okay. Uh, I found one thing that was like barely interesting, and it ended up going into racism. So that sucks. <laughs> um, so I'm just getting out of here. I'm clicking on globalization. globalization. Can you globalize food? I mean, I mean that's the that's the ideal setting. Yes. Yeah. Please. Oh, Tim, you're. I am so. You're still. Fun. I thought the Hollywood Bowl was it's a not game like that. I thought it was a football game, and they have no. sponsors all over the place, like Tostitos 
and probably Ten. a dip company and Velveeta and no. all that stuff. That's where I wanted to go. That's not what the Hollywood Bowl well, is. Well, I know that now, Kyle. <laughs> I guess we always learn something, don't we? <laughs> Go to potato chips. (laughs) I think think really the real question is what aren't they? (laughs) According to this, potato chips are thin slices of potatoes that have been deep fried until or or baked until crunchy. (laughs) Until dead. (laughs) Until dead. (laughs) They're commonly served as a snack. Side dish or appetizer, which are all the same thing. Um, they are they can be cooked or salted. Additional varieties include uh, with flavorings such as herbs, spices, uh, cheeses, or natural flavors, artificial flavors, and additives. Again, those are all the things. They're either natural or artificial. Those that's it. That's all. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, they could have just said flavorings. Uh, okay. Let's see. The total, the, the global potato chip market generated total revenues. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't think about it. Uh, hey, Tim. Yo. You want to guess how much we spent on, on potato chips in 2005? <laughs> I would be sorely disappointed if it was not a billion dollar industry. You are not disappointed then. You will be very satisfied to hear that it was, in fact, 16 billion. That's a lot of billions. In, in 2005. That's, uh, it has to have only gone up from there. You could, we could have chips. We could have built. We could have built three walls with potato chips. <laughs> uh, uh, here's the interesting bit. Here uh, they talk about, according to this, uh, the earliest known recipe for something similar to to today's today's potato chips. That's difficult to say. Today's potato chips. Mm. Uh, is in William Kitchener's uh, cookbook, The Cook's Oracle, in uh, from eighteen eighteen seventeen. Uh, according to this, uh, you, you cut the, you, you peel large potatoes, slice them about a quarter of an inch thick and then, oh, oh, okay. I thought it, I thought it actually put it with a lemon at first and I was like, that would be really good. Um, no, you just peel them about the way that you would peel a lemon, uh, dry them in clean cloth and then fry them. And that's how we got them. So they're at least as old as that and probably older, um, that's that sounds great. Oh yeah, the Saratoga Springs legend. Yeah, this I is remember, not true. But. I remember Nick, like when Nick Junior, mm-hmm. like sometimes they'd have like the little in between like shows thing. Yeah, um, they did one on this as if it was like true, and it always stuck oh, sure. with me. Um, um, according to this, uh, a popular version of the story attributed the dish to George Crumb, an American cook of African American and Native American heritage. Who was trying to appease an unhappy customer uh, in 1853? The customer kept sending his French fried potatoes back, complaining that they were too thick, too soggy, and/or not well salted enough. Frustrated, Crumb personally sliced several potatoes extremely thin, fried the potato slices to a crisp, and seasoned them with extra salt. To his surprise, the customer loved them. Dun, dun, dun. Um, it's such a great yeah. origin story, but it it really is like all great origin stories. For years, we've been eating the spite. Oh, man. The salty spite. Salty spite. I was about to say the salt is real. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So of all the things that they have on this page, they do not talk about dip at all. I can't believe this. Oh, my gosh. 
At there's all in the sea. Also, there is chips, chip and chips and dip. Right. Yes, but that's in the sea. Also, I know. And like, it's just there. Like, it's not like I just can't believe why we're is not it talking this... about dip at all here. At all, and especially to cover like the similar food segment, mm-hmm. uh, where they um, where they someone gets pedantic about Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> Another type of potato chip, notably the Pringles and Lay's Stacks brands, is made by extruding or pressing a dough made from dehydrated potatoes into the desired shape before frying. Pringles Pringles are branded officially as potato crisps, but they are rarely referred to as such by Americans. So according to this, yeah, they're they're like, hmm, not sure if that's a potato chip. <sighs> Onions everywhere on this page. Yeah. Dip is not. I well, I mean, it. here's the thing. They have like corn chips on here, which also, I mean, corn chips would definitely include some kind of dip. Yeah. Because um, you eat those with you mean tortilla salsa. Chips. Corn, no, I mean, corn, flavored corn chips like, is what like they have Fritos? here. Like Fritos? Yes, like Fritos. You dip Fritos? Do you not dip Fritos? I do not dip Fritos. No, I don't dip Fritos. I don't, I don't Guys, even. Dip is this an Ohio Fritos? thing? Guys, they're literally scoop shaped. Like Fritos. They, scoop- they literally they have like little they're made they're tiny spoons. Do you dip Fritos? Google says no, it just says no here. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no. How dare you, Google? <laughs> How do you make Frito dip? It's not Frito dip. It's just that you use Fritos to dip things like you eat dip with Fritos because they're spoon shaped. You use them to scoop up spackle. And okay. uh, I right. can't eat. I've already told. I told you. Slapping on your story, wall, right? You have. Yes. I can't yes, eat you them. have. Yeah. Don't eat outdated Fritos. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh wait, no. There's Fritos scoops. Okay, there's Fritos scoops. No, Scott. Yeah. No, it, it, it's just Fritos. No, <laughs> so there, they're just there regular are Fritos. Fritos. Yes, there are for scooping. any Frito. Not it's not it's an it's not they're not different things. like not. they are different things, but they're you know what I'm clicking corn chips. The original Fritos <laughs> are guys. not they were not cleared for scooping. That's why they needed to make the scoops. <laughs> I'm clicking Frito or corn chips. Corn People got chips. hurt. <laughs> I got hurt. <laughs> ah, taste. All right. All right. I am I am in <laughs> my friends. <laughs> I can't believe this. Okay, go ahead. You're in Just globalization. One batch cho- it is it is bad. It's bad, my friends. I see corn here. Corn? Yeah. Cacao? <laughs> Where are you seeing? Oh, it's in the it's Native in the um... New World crops exchanged globally is maize, yeah. tomato, it, but there's only potato. one section on food security, and it's like no links in two paragraphs. Lock it up. Mm. Everyone's talking about the invention of shipping containers in 1956. Help advance Amazing. the globalization of commerce. You can click on McDonald'sization. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I mean. Kinda. It's just oh, this this thing's just all over the place. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Chili it's, it's, it's like it's all over the globe. Oh well, yeah, I guess so. 
so I don't yeah, study, man. Um I'm gonna click on I'm sorry. I'm gonna click I'm on not. McDonaldization. I think that's a oh good my gosh. I need to get I'm out of the, I need to get out of the isations. I just But I can get to McDonald's from here, so that's good. junk food. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, easily. There you go. So corn chip is corn a snack chip. food made from cornmeal, uh, fried in oil or baked, usually in the shape of a small noodle or scoop. Thanks, Wikipedia. Only when cleared. <laughs> I like, though, that it specifies a noodle or a scoop, not both. Uh, corn chips are thick, rigid, and very crunchy. That's not cited, but I feel like it should be. Uh, corn chips have the strong aroma and flavor of roasted corn and are often heavily seasoned with salt. Um, in the U.S., Fritos is one of the oldest and most widely recognized brands of corn chips. Guys, can you name a second brand of corn chips? Whoa. Um, Bugles. Brand of corn chip? Yeah. yeah you, I can't name another one. Are Bugles a corn chip? Are they? I think they might be. I, they might be. I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll go with it. Um... Okay, so anyway, the important part here is that uh, corn chips are usually eaten alone or with a chip dip, which is linked. So uh, they are a common I've ingredient. Gone into edit, I've gone into edit mode and uh, mode. I, I'm hovering over the publish changes button wondering if I should just drown my IP and never be able to edit in, in <laughs> Wikipedia again it's, by changing this. It's not worth it. Are eaten alone but never with a chip dip. <laughs> <laughs> It's not worth it, Scott. It's not worth it. <laughs> the bit it's You're a right, good though. bit, but it's not it worth they're it. They're done with a chip dip. Yeah. Chip dip. Uh the they are a common ingredient in homemade and commercial here's here's my problem though. Uh they are a common ingredient in homemade and commercial party mix in the southwest US, a popular dish, Frito Pie, is made with corn chips and chili. Guys, do I click Frito Pie? You know what Frito Pie mm-hmm. is. Do we? Yeah, well, they're like walking tacos. It's not I what they mean, are. I guess, yeah, you're right. They won't have French onion dip in it, probably. Probably. Ah, fine, I'll just click dip. You got dip there, my friend. I'm just saying, there's a whole world of Frito pie that we have not explored. I'm just putting it out there. Oh, man. All right, it, Frito pie is just friggin' Frito casserole. Nobody cares. Mm. <laughs> Oh, thank thank you for clicking it. Oh, there, but it is there is walking tacos. Here, oh, you were right. Yeah, good job. The walking taco variation, <laughs> which sounds like something from physics. All right. Yes, it does. Uh, Tim. Yep. McDonaldization. What is what is McDonaldization? Di- A term developed by mean? sociologist George Ritzer in his book The McDonaldization of Society, nineteen ninety three. Oh. For Ritzer, McDonaldization becomes manifested when society adopts the characteristics of a fast food restaurant. Okay. Um, And then how does that mean? Uh, Four primary components. Efficiency, the optimal method for accomplishing a task. In this context, Ritzer has a very specific meaning of efficiency. In the example of McDonald's customers, it is the fastest way to get from being hungry to being full. Efficiency in McDonaldization... (laughs) means that every aspect of the organization is geared toward the minimization of time. Calculability oh objectives should be quantifiable, sales, rather than subjective, taste. 
McDonaldization developed the notion that quantity equals quality and that a large amount of product delivered to the customer in a short amount of time is the same as a high-quality product. Ugh. Yikes. Predictability. I'm very upset. Predictability means that no matter where a person goes, they will receive the same service and receive the same product every time. Uh, it's exactly the same product. And just control. Moves with you every... Standardized and uniform employees. Replacement of humans by non-human technologies. Um, so, yeah. That's McDonaldization. Um, oh, they that's... have junk food here, but it says junk food news. Defined here as inoffensive and trivial what? news served up in palatable uh, portions. What? Is an example of McDonaldization. Another example could be McUniversities, which features modularized curricula delivering degrees in a fast-track pick-and-mix fashion to satisfy old tastes. The diminished quality of these products can only be disguised by extensive advertising, which constantly repackages them to look new. Wow. Um, the response from McDonald's, expressed by its representatives in the United Kingdom, is that oh, Ritzer, yeah. like other commentators, uses the company's size and brand recognition to promote ideas that do not necessarily relate to the company's business practices. Sure. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. because they are so predictable and have such control. Great. That made him a good example. Wow. So, I'm going to click on fast food because junk food news is probably not going to get me where I want to go. No. Yeah. I'm at least in All like right. food now. <laughs> well, Kyle's this on might be a, sauce. Yeah, you may have to make a rule in here. What do you mean? Uh, a dip, a well, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Uh, a dip or dipping sauce is a common condiment for many types of food. Uh, dips are used to add flavor or texture to a food, such as pita bread, dumplings, crackers, a cup, raw vegetables. Uh, which I'm surprised that they don't just say crudités there. Uh, fruits, seafood, cubed pieces of meat and cheese, potato chips, tortilla chips, falafel, and sometimes even whole sandwiches in the case of au jus. Um, unlike other uh, sauces, instead of applying the sauce to the food, the food is typically put, dipped, or added to the dipping sauce in parens, hence the name, and parens. Um, guys, uh, there's only, <clears throat> there's another paragraph here. Uh, here's, here's what they, you know, cause there are a lot of different things that could be considered dips or sauces. And the, you know what, if you're going to determine what the actual response, uh, what the actual line is, is that, uh, I, I, I suggest that you go to, uh, a, an expert such as Alton Brown. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. As such as Alton Brown who suggests here that a dip is defined based on its ability to, quote, maintain contact with its transport mechanism over three feet of white carpet, end quote. Uh, dips in various forms are eaten all over the world, and people have been using sauces for dipping for thousands of years. They should probably throw them out. They are expired. Oh. Um, and the here's the thing. The rest of this page is a list of common dips. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I, I could just, I mean, it, it's what 40, 40 or so dips here. <laughs> There's a lot, uh, aioli, uh, artichoke dip, au jus, uh, baba ganoush, um, barbecue sauce, bean dip, buffalo sauce, chili con queso, chili oil, chocolate, chutney, clam dip, co cocktail sauce, crab dip, curry ketchup, fish sauce, fish paste, fondue, French onion dip. Um, and, and others <laughs> honey is listed here. Which, I mean, I guess honey's a dip. You use it, you put it on the things. I don't know that I've ever dipped anything in honey directly. Uh, it's a bit hard to, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, it would be so sweet. Well, and it's, I mean, it drips like crazy. Like, that's a tough one. Chicken, to, and, ba- to not... chicken and biscuits. Okay. But biscuits. I think you put no, you it on it top of the things. You might dip it in the chicken. I suppose. Dip yeah. the chicken in it. <laughs> dip dip, this dip it in the chicken. <laughs> I think you may be overcooking your chicken, Scott. <laughs> uh, Waypoint has a great stream where they just go off on, like, what a sauce is. Uh-huh. Like, what a dip is. And at one point, like... I think Austin's trying to argue that water can be a sauce. It's no. just, it goes off the rails. They're like trying to talk, saying like, well, is hummus a sauce? Like, how, how is hummus not a sauce? And it's just like, it's bonkers good. I was going to say, like, this sounds like something I do not want to hear. And at the same time, I would love to hear yeah. this. Um, uh, I mean, guys, it's part of a list, which is usually a little bit off limits, but... French onion dips right there. Take it, please. Doing Do it. Doing it. It counts. Clicking French onion dip. Like this is pretty much just what this is. That's true, yes. Good. Very good. Tim, you want yeah. to talk about... Fast food? <laughs> no. I, no? I mean, um. oh, you know what, though? Oh. What? So, uh, the history of fast food. Oh, is it ancient Rome? <laughs> no. Tim! In ancient Tim, Rome, how dare you? cities had street stands, a large <laughs> counter I am, with a receptacle no. in the middle from which food or drink would have been served. I am I am out. Uh, this is <laughs> That's amazing. It was during I'm so it was during post World War II American economic boom that Americans began no. to spend more. It went straight from ancient Rome to post World War II. Uh. <laughs> Who is this person on Wikipedia who keeps doing this? I don't know, man. It's just, it's it's like the spirit of Julius Caesar is in the internet <sighs> and just making all well, these changes on Wikipedia. They, I mean, it's it's people who just want us to believe that, uh, that like the Roman way of doing things is the most important and the only important one in history. Uh, I mean, ancient Romans put food through holes. That's, <laughs> it's important to fast food. <laughs> uh, French onion dip. French onion dip. It's American. Is, is an American dip. No. Uh, made, oh, of course it is, Tim. <laughs> Why would you think otherwise, Tim? <laughs> With a name like French onion dip. I mean... I, I definitely be, thought I would, it was originally from France. I would say it was American simply because, like, we call it French onion dip. Because in French, in France, it would be onion dip. Um, it's an American That's dip true. typically made with well, a base of sour cream I mean, and flavored with If it was made in France and then brought over here... You would still... It would, by the people who brought it over, they'd be like, oh, it's onion dip. It says that it was made by an but, unknown French cook. But, like... But mm. like <laughs> there you go. Maybe... Maybe the cook's name like, was just—it's like France. it's like buffalo wings. Everyone else outside of Buffalo calls them buffalo wings. In Buffalo, they just call no. them wings. <laughs> Sky, Everyone else, no, the, the outsiders are acknowledging the um, the center oh, uh, of origin, the epicenter. Mm-hmm. No, what happened here is that it was just—it was actually a cook named Francis. Ah, Francis, yes. the, Francis <laughs> O'Dip. Yeah. In 1950, <laughs> Francis Onion Dip. Yes. Excuse me. No. 
Mr. Onion Dip? No, Mr. Onion Dip is my father. I'm Francis Onion Dip. Thank you. What my else could I be but a cook? <laughs> oh, I well, I mean, any it would have to be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you ran into someone named that Frank Dip, Frank Dip, <laughs> and another in another line of work, you'd be like, uh, dude, you're, this is, you gotta, I think, I feel like you're just meant for something else. Man, <laughs> this, this I'm like so, homemade I, French onion dip looks real good. Got caramelized I disagree. onion on it. I want it in my mouth. Well, good. I mean, you can do it, man. Yeah. Uh, I usually, we usually get the, like the store-bought stuff. It's just the yeah. white with the little, the little black dots. Flux of onion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, according to this, uh, French onion dip made it, made of sour cream and instant onion soup. So I guess this could not have existed before instant onion soup. That's an interesting point. Um, created by an unknown French cook in Los Angeles in 1954, the recipe spread quickly and was printed in a local newspaper. Uh, that's cited twice. I mean, is the citation just the printing from the paper? Let's see. No, it's listed to the Oxford Companion to American Food and Drink. I'm disappointed. Wow. I wanted to see I wanted to see the actual thing. It'd be like <laughs> from an unknown French cook in LA in LA. Uh the Lipton Company provided this promoted this mixture on the television show. Oh, this is marketing. This is this is the three. It's either war uh world fair or marketing. Uh they promoted Lipton promoted this mixture on the television show Ar- Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts. In 1955, and early on, it was known as Lipton California Dip, but then soon simply as California Dip. Um, Hmm. But so how did it pick? Okay, here. uh, The name French Onion Dip began to be used in the 1960s, so a whole five years later. Yeah. uh, And became more popular than California Dip in the 1990s? How? how, Wow, really? how How you track that, for one. The internet, probably. Oh, it de- yes, you are correct. Uh, the Google yeah, Ngram viewer comparing yeah. California dip to French onion. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Books well, over the years. Yeah. I I know. I mean, this is definitely going to be the, the thing that I post to my Twitter tonight. Just a, a graph. Just a, screenshot of, just a screenshot of this. Yes, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> what It's still one of my favorite things to do is just to post something completely nonsensical. <laughs> um. Okay, and yeah, I guess according to this, yeah, in the 1990s, there, there it is. Look at that. Amazing. Uh, yeah, according to this, <clears throat> French onion dip is served, often served at parties, often served according to Wikipedia. Uh, let's see, cited twice to, come on, where's the citation? Classic snacks made from scratch, 70 homemade versions of your favorite brand name treats, by Casey Barber, and then kitchenless cooking, uh, unique techniques for looking cooking large and thrifty in a small space. Oh, and as a classic holiday party offering, in homemade onion dip easily outshines the store bought uh, from a, from ArizonaCentral.com. Good, um, and it has also been described as an American classic, despite being named. French onion dip. Great. Amazing. You know why, you know why I came here? Why, why? indeed. What's this have to do with K-pop? 
Uh, we bought. I bought potato chips the other day, and I didn't buy French onion dip. So I've been thinking about it. <laughs> well, you said we like, this sure nightmare. Wish, <laughs> sure wish I had some French <laughs> onion dip. <laughs> Wait. So even in the even the time span of you were realizing that you didn't have French onion dip. Yeah. And now and now. Yeah. You still did not go get more French onion dip. No. There's a storm out there. It's true. Oh my gosh. Uh, if you liked this, <laughs> you can find more episodes uh, on Bless our you. podcast <laughs> feed. Uh, we're at wskbcast.blogspot.com. Uh, we're on the Twitters, posting there, doing things. On the tweets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on it, you know, doing our doing our thing. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't think I have anything too special to talk about. You guys I got mean, anything? obviously, French onion dip. I need to go buy some once Good I survive things. this cold weather. <laughs> I should and make can, some. I was going to say, why don't you just... Right well, yeah, it's Sky. I mean, here it talks about the variants that include mayonnaise and cream cheese. Man. Which is, that's how you know it's American. <laughs> Dang. All the fat. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, right. I'm glad that that's nothing I have to eat anytime soon. You guys have fun with that. <laughs> sure thing. Until next time, Good night. boys. Bye. <laughs>